Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, October 11th, 2018. Broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will close out the show with Picks Picks for Week 6 in the NFL. I'll also give you my DraftKings Gotta Have Them Play for Sunday's Slate. And as the Red Sox get set to begin the ALCS against the Houston Astros, there is some news on the Red Sox rotation and more specifically on the role that David Price is going to play in this series for the Red Sox. And I'll tell you right now, I do disagree with manager Alex Cora to an extent. I'll get to that. I'll open the show with that. But first, all of it today is presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK. P-I-C at DraftKings. You can draft a new team every week with no season-long commitment. And week six in the NFL is here, so sign up right now for the $1 million play action contest for Sunday's week six slate. $1 million in total prizes, $100,000 going to first place. Just pick your team and follow the action live on your DraftKings app. And again, play in this contest for free by signing up using promo code PICK. P-I-C at DraftKings.com. Today's show is also presented by BetOnline. Sign up today at BetOnline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. That's promo code PODCAST1 at BetOnline.ag to receive a 50% welcome bonus. Who wouldn't want that? And with college football, the NFL, and now the Major League Baseball postseason underway, this is the perfect time to make your online wages at BetOnline.ag and take full advantage of the best bonuses in the business. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet. BetOnline.ag. Welcome to the show on this Thursday, October 11th. Uh, I'm having a podcast for you back-to-back days. I recorded the first podcast of this week yesterday on Wednesday, and we opened yesterday's show talking about the Khabib-McGregor fight and Khabib making Conor McGregor tap out in the fourth round. I'm not going to get into any UFC today. Uh, but I will get back into some postseason baseball stuff, and we touched a little bit upon that on Wednesday's podcast. But, um, you know, the closer we get to Game 1 of the ALCS at Fenway, which is going to be on Saturday night, Chris Sale versus Justin Verlander on TBS, the closer we get to this game, the more fired up I am. So there's four teams left in the Major League Baseball postseason The Milwaukee Brewers will host the L.A. Dodgers in Game 1 of the NLCS on Friday night, tomorrow night, Friday, October 11th. So you got the Brewers and the Dodgers in the NLCS, and then, as I mentioned, the Red Sox and the Astros in the ALCS Game 1 Saturday night. I told you there's some news on the Red Sox rotation because yesterday on Wednesday, Red Sox manager Alex Cora released his rotation, at least games one and games two. Games one and two. And game one, we all knew it was going to be Chris Sale in game one, right? And I think everybody knew for the Astros it was going to be Justin Verlander in game one. So Chris Sale, Justin Verlander, game one, I think we all knew that. The question was, at least from the Red Sox perspective, and and people here in Boston and New England wondering what Alex Cora was going to do with the rotation, the question was game two. Was Alex Cora going to go back to David Price as the Game 2 starter? Like we saw in the ALDS against the New York Yankees. Because look, when you line him up against the wall, put him down on paper, and you list, you know, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, like what's the Red Sox rotation, I think most people are going to say Chris Sale 1, David Price 2, and then Rick Porcello, three. I mean, obviously, you got Nathan Avaldi in the mix now. And, and, and he, you know, is probably going to be the... I'd see Alex Cora, what I got from this yesterday when he talked is that he is going to handle the ALCS much like he handled the ALDS with his rotation, which is Chris Sale game one. And as he announced yesterday on Wednesday, 
David Price in game two. And uh, I think he's going to have Porcello ready to come out of the bullpen in one of these first two games, knowing that you're going to go with Ivaldi after the day off in game three in Houston. And then Porcello can start game four in Houston. And so, obviously, this is a seven-game series. So it's a little different, the length of it. But it doesn't look like Alex Cora is going to handle his rotation any differently. And I understand if it's not broke, don't fix it. But the question is, is it is it broke? Is it damaged? And when I say is it broke, is it damaged? I'm talking about David Price. So David Price, it's been announced. Alex Cora has said it. David Price will start game two on Sunday night at Fenway. And it's going to be David Price versus Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole, who went to the Astros, and and I was telling you for the last year and a half before he went to the Astros that the Red Sox should have tried to trade for Garrett Cole because you knew that Pittsburgh was going to move him, much like they moved McCutcheon to the Yankees. So, I mean, I, I wanted to see Garrett Cole in a Red Sox uniform. He's going to be in an Astros uniform Sunday night in Game 2, and he'll go up against David Price. Now, as I wrote in a column for the Boston Metro newspaper today, uh, though I don't know if, it, I don't believe it's in print. I think it's just on the website this week, metro.us. But as I wrote in this column that I pumped out on social media today, is that the Red Sox, Alex Cora, the Red Sox organization, they really have no choice but to keep David Price in the rotation for this ALCS series. They don't have a choice. And I say that because, you you know, if you're going to yank David Price out of the rotation because you think, one, he's better off in the bullpen, because last year he was in the bullpen against the Astros and David Price was great. David Price out of the bullpen last year against the Astros in the day ALDS was really, Price was really the only guy that I felt comfortable with on the pitching staff. He really was. So that's one reason. The other reason would be that, you know, he's just no good as a starter and you don't feel comfortable with him as a starter. Um, but if you're going to take him out of the rotation, you obviously have to plug somebody in. The reason the Red Sox have no choice but to keep David Price in the rotation is because they don't have anybody that they could plug in that you can guarantee to me or even to the Red Sox is going to be a better option than David Price, even if he's struggling, right? Because the next best option would be who? Eduardo Rodriguez. The problem with that is Eduardo Rodriguez is no good against Houston. He got lit up by the Astros just about a month ago. He allowed five earned runs, including two home runs, in just three and a third innings. And in his career, what, four-year career, Eduardo Rodriguez, in in three career starts against the Astros, Rodriguez is 0-2 with a 9.90 ERA. So I think that rules him out. You're not going to throw Eduardo Rodriguez into that spot. Because you also have to look at David Price's numbers against Houston. That's really what you have to rely on at that point if you're going to go with the numbers. And Price against Houston in his career, he's been very good. In 12 career appearances, including 10 starts, David Price is 6-2 and two with a 2.94 ERA against the Astros. You have to acknowledge that if you're the Red Sox. So you're not going to put in Rodriguez. That doesn't make sense. Now... If Stephen Wright was healthy, I will tell you this. If Stephen Wright was eligible for the roster, the ALCS, he's not because he was removed from the ALDS roster with a knee injury, making him ineligible for the ALCS. But if Stephen Wright was eligible, you could convince me that Stephen Wright should be maybe starting game four and that perhaps you should go with Sale, Porcello, Avaldi, Wright and just have Price in the bullpen. You could convince me that that would be a better option than David Price in the rotation. But here's the problem. Stephen Wright, ineligible. So that rules him out. So who are you going to put in? Who are you going to put in that spot? Who do you have to put in that spot? There's no other option. So the Red Sox don't have another option, which means they got to keep David Price in the rotation. So I guess I agree with Alex Cora, you're not going to put Rodriguez in a, you're not going to give him a start over Price at this point, given Price's numbers against Houston and given Rodriguez's numbers against Houston. Here's where I disagree with Alex Cora, though. Alex Cora is going to start Price in game two. 
I think that's a bad decision because that tells me that you're not looking at this thing as a seven-game series. That's a problem to me. That's a problem to me. And what I mean by that is I think David Price should be starting game four. If you're going to keep Price in the rotation, which I I told you I think you have no other choice. You have to keep him in the rotation. Given the other options, given his numbers against Houston, you have to keep David Price in the rotation. But if you're going to keep him in the rotation, where I disagree with Cora is I wouldn't start him in game two. I would start Price in game four. I would go Sale, Porcello, Ivaldi, Price. And the reason I would do this is because... I don't want to, if let's say David Price doesn't get the job done in game two Sunday night at Fenway. Let's say he gets lit up. Let's say the postseason demons for him as a starter are just hanging over his head. He can't get rid of them. He cannot cleanse himself of those postseason demons in the rotation. Can't do it. Let's say he gets lit up. Let's say it's going to be a, it's going to be a short leash once again, like it was against the Yankees in game two with the ALDS. If it's a short leash, he lets up a couple home runs. He's pulled after two and a third, three innings, whatever it is. What do, you, what do you mean? You want David Price to get another start in this series? Is that what you're telling me? You're telling me that you want David Price starting game six at Fenway. That's what you want? That, that's not what I would want. So I think you have to, you have to manage a seven-game series as if this thing is going to go the distance. Because Houston, Houston is they're better than New York. They have better pitching. They have, in my opinion, a more exciting offense. And now I know Yankees, they have some, they have some sluggers. They can put balls in the seats. I get it. But Houston, those guys have been there. They've been there together. And on top of it, they're rolling out Verlander, Garrett Cole in the first two games. They can pitch. The Astros allowed the least amount of runs in the major leagues all season long. 534 runs allowed. And that's the least amount of runs by, by a lot. I think the Dodgers allowed the second least amount of runs in the majors with 610, Astros only allowed 534. Houston's got 103 wins. Let's not act like this is not a juggernaut Astros team. The defending champs. So you have to manage this thing like it's a seven-game series. By starting David Price in game two, I don't think, I don't necessarily think you're looking ahead the right way. Because what I would do is I would put Price in game four. All right? Which means that you could then put Price in Porcello's role, which is that, hey, if you think Price is going to be better out of the bullpen, because again, in a perfect world, you have somebody, in a perfect world, that Wada Rodriguez would be dominant against Houston, and I think this would be a different conversation, and I think Rodriguez, you know, if, if he was pitching with some confidence, throwing with conviction here, his last couple outings, I, I think this would be a different conversation. But he hasn't been, and he's not good against Houston, so it rules him out. And even if David Wright, excuse me, David Wright, Stephen Wright was, was healthy or eligible, I think that would make this a different conversation. But, it, you know, David Price, I think he should be handled in a, in a role where if you think he can have success out of the bullpen, which we obviously know he can, especially against this Houston team, why wouldn't you say to yourself, Listen, he struggled as a starter, David Price. We, we have to keep him in the rotation. So are we going to put him in a spot in the rotation where he could potentially get two starts? Or are we going to put him in a spot where he's only going to get one start in the middle of the series? And at the beginning of the series and at the end of the series, we can have David Price coming out of the bullpen, which is really where he's at his best in the postseason. Like, I'm confused as to why Alex Cora is not handling it this way. I, is there some fear that they're going to lose David Price's confidence with that? I mean, can it, let me ask you this. Can a guy lose any more confidence than David Price has seemed to lose as a starting pitcher in the postseason? I think not. I mean, you don't want to piss him off because you don't want him to opt out at the end of the year? I mean, if David Price opts out at the end of the year, are you going to hear many people in this town complaining? I think not. Look. I... If you had David Price coming out of the pen 
possibly in game one after Chris Sale or even in game two after Rick Porcello, if you started Porcello in game two instead and Price was dominant. And then you said, you know what? You get the day off, then you got game three and David Price can start game four and he'll be on a short leash. And uh, then we'll really rely on, on our bull- the, the rest of our bullpen. I mean, and then after that, you might get to a game six or seven where Price is avail- available from the pen, and we know how good he is out of the bullpen, especially against this Houston team we saw it last year. Instead, the Red Sox are saying, we're going to keep Price in the rotation, start him game two, and set him up for a game six start. Why? I, and, and by doing that, you basically say, well, now he's not going to come out of the bullpen at all. Because he's making two starts in this series. So, I mean, I don't understand this logic of starting him game two. I really don't. I don't understand it. There's no way people in that Red Sox organization can feel comfortable with David Price in game two. And if you don't feel comfortable with David Price in game two, then don't start him in game two. But if you have to start him in a game because you don't have anybody else that's better against this Houston team, then you have to say to yourself, Let's start him game four because that can be the only game that he starts. Instead, you want to give him two starts? That doesn't make sense to me. What if you could begin the series, have him come out of the pen, get an inning, maybe in game one or game two, under his belt out of the bullpen, and we know he's confident there, and he can, you know, build that confidence back up for a game four start. To me, that's a no-brainer. But they're not going to do it. And I don't understand. And I think they are handling this wrong. Now, I look, I hope I'm wrong, and I hope David Price gives you seven, eight shutout innings in game two, and then we're looking at game six as the potential clincher and feeling confident about David Price against this Houston team. I hope that's the case. But if we have to, you know, if you have to manage this thing based on what you know David Price is as a postseason starter, based on what you know David Price is out of the bullpen based on what you know David Price is out of the bullpen in the postseason against this Astros team, then, and I mean, Alex Cora knows he was on the other side of this last year, right? So I'm a little confused with some of the moves Cora's made. Some of them have paid off with the lineup changes. You know, the Rafael Devis thing, I don't really understand. I want to see more Rafael Devis. You know, I, I think you need to get to a point as an organization where Devis is somebody that you do not take out of the lineup. Last year in the postseason against Houston, I know it was a small sample size, but Rafael Devis was arguably the Red Sox best player. Him and Hanley. You know, De- that's not a fluke with Devis. He's a young kid who obviously we know is not phased by the big moment. He's just not. We saw that last year. So don't tell me he's phased by the big moment or he's going to be nervous and he's young. No, no, no. He he proved to us that that's not a factor. So don't give me that. I need more Rafael Devis, but I also need David Price to not start game two. I, could, I couldn't tell you if we're going to get more Devis. And, and I know we're going to see David Price start game two. So uh, I'm a little confused as to the reasoning behind this. You know, do they think that they're going to knock Price's confidence even more if they knock him down as the number four starter? Maybe. I, I guess that has to be the only thing that they're worried about. But can you sit down with David Price and say, listen, we need you out of the pen in games one or possibly game two, and we want you to also start game four. And, and I know some people might say, well, then at that point, you're giving David Price the ball more than, more than anybody really wants to see. But but he's good out of the bullpen in the postseason. There's no denying that. And and if you told me you could give him the ball out of the bullpen in this series early on and then give him only one start because you have to give him a start, then my... Man, my advice would be start him in game four. Okay? Go Sale, Porcello, Ivaldi... David Price, game four. That's what I do. Because then you would have you would have Chris Sale, game five. You'd have Porcello, game six. And, you know, at that point, you know, all arms on the table, game seven. I, I, 
it just doesn't make sense to me to get to to throw David Price out in game two. I don't I don't get it. You have to keep him in the rotation, but I don't know why they're not putting him in game four. That doesn't make sense. So I disagree with Alex Cora on this decision. I I I'll be rooting for David Price to go out and dominate in game two. I I just don't know that he's going to do that as a starting pitcher. And I don't know how the Red Sox could know that he's going to do that as a starting pitcher. Even though his numbers against Houston are good, we saw what he can be in the postseason as a reliever. We've seen, like, the sample size is large enough with him as a starter in the postseason. Again, here's Price's postseason numbers. Just as a pitcher, 18 career postseason appearances. Price is 2-9 with a 5.28 ERA. All nine of those losses have come as a starting pitcher. The two wins that he has have come as a reliever, as a relief pitcher. This is a large enough sample size, especially going back to just last weekend, to look at David Price and say, eh, do we want him to start? No. Does he have to get at least one start in this series based on the other options we have? Yeah. Should we try to maybe limit the number of starts he makes in this series? While also knowing we could throw him in a relief role for a couple games at the very beginning of the series and at the very end? Yeah, why don't we do that? To me, it just seems like the obvious thing to do, but they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. You know, maybe there's some confidence there too in Porcello and the role that he played, and they want to keep that role. Right? So when I say it's not broke, don't fix it, it's more along the lines of Porcello and the role that he played coming out of the bullpen early. But you know what? (sighs) David Price can do that. We saw him. He's able to do that. Maybe even better than Porcello out of the pen. So uh, I don't think the Red Sox are utilizing their players to the best of their abilities, to their strengths out of the gate in this series. And I'm talking about David Price. I don't think they're utilizing him the right way. I hope he proves us wrong. I hope he pro- Price proves me wrong. But, you know, to, to sit here and put this rotation together and not look at this thing as a seven-game series, I don't think Cora is doing that. You, you're telling me you want David Price to not just start a game in this series, but to start two games? What, you think you automatically got it wrapped up in five? You're going to sweep the Astros? Come on. Come on. Come on, can you, I, I get it. You want to have confidence in your team. You don't want to publicly acknowledge that, hey, we're going to lose a couple of games. Sorry, I, I understand that, but let's be realistic here. Let's be realistic. You have to manage this thing like a seven-game series, and in a seven-game series, you shouldn't want David Price to make two starts. I don't care what his numbers are against Houston. He makes one start in the middle, and he's available out of the pen at the beginning and at the end of the series. I've, seems fairly obvious to me, but the Red Sox are not going to do that. So, um, we'll see how it plays out. The schedule for the ALCS game one, Saturday night at 8 o'clock. Chris Sale, Justin Verlander. It's on TBS. Game two is Sunday night at 7 o'clock at Fenway. David Price versus Garrett Cole on TBS. And by the way, just a little side note here for people. If you're out there complaining that the Red Sox are in a playoff game. At the same time, on on the same night, at the same time, as the New England Patriots Sunday night football game against the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're both big games, and you're complaining that they're on at the same time, on the same night, then you sound like a spoiled asshole. Stop. How could you possibly complain about this? I tweeted out last night. Last time I checked, the Miami Marlins and the Miami Dolphins are looking for some more fans. So if you'd like to move out of New England and head down south to Miami, you know, those teams are looking for fans. I got news for you. The Marlins and the Dolphins will not be playing at the same time (laughs) this weekend. So why would you possibly complain? I mean, the Bruins had a game, and I think they changed the time of their game, but they should. They're the fucking Bruins. And it's the beginning of a regular season, an 82-game season. Right? Look, 
Don't complain about this. Embrace this. Embrace this. Because there's going to be a time and it might, I don't know, might hit us over the head pretty soon where we're not going to get a postseason baseball game and a meaningful football game at the same time. (laughs) Who knows the next time you get that? So embrace this. Yeah, the Patriots-Chiefs game is a huge game on Sunday Night Football, game of the week. Yeah, the Red Sox game against Houston, game two Sunday night with David Price versus Garrett Cole. Yeah, it's a huge game. You have a remote control though, right? You know where the the last button on your remote is. You might even have two TVs. You might have a laptop and a TV. You might just have two radios. I don't know what you're working with, but the bottom line is if you're complaining about this, you're a spoiled asshole, or at least you sound like one and you should shut the fuck up. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Stop complaining about something like this. I get it. You want to jump on Twitter and you want to complain about something because that's your form of therapy. Fine, whatever. But when you sign off Twitter, okay, and you want to stop showing people that that you care so much about the teams in this town. Sit back, you know, get a glass of water, take a couple deep breaths, and say to yourself, wow, we're lucky, actually, to have two teams playing at the same time on the same night in October, which are two pretty important games. We're lucky to have this. The people in Miami, they don't have this. There's a lot of people that don't have this. All right? Enjoy it. Embrace it. I know I will. And if you can't find a way to pay attention to both of these games, it's a baseball game and a football game. You know how many commercial breaks there are in these nationally televised football games? And you know how slow-moving a baseball game is? You can't find a way. If it was hockey, like, you know, sometimes the Bruins and the Celtics in the playoffs. <laughs> Again, I, I'm starting to sound spoiled. Like, we have, we have this happen all the time. <laughs> this, this happens for us a lot and has happened for us a lot over the last, let's say, 10 years. Don't complain about it. Embrace it. Enjoy Sunday night. And you hope that David Price can help us all enjoy it a little bit more. But we shall see. I just disagree with David Price being the Game 2 starter. He should be starting Game 4, but you'll get Game 2 on Sunday night. They'll have Monday off. Game 3 will be Tuesday at 5 o'clock in Houston on TBS. Game 4 will be Wednesday at 8.30 in Houston on TBS. Game 5 will be Thursday night at 8 o'clock in Houston on TBS. They'll have next Friday off. Game 6 will be next Saturday, October 20th at 5 o'clock at Fenway on TBS. Game 7, if necessary, next Sunday, October 21st at 7.30 at Fenway on TBS, and in case you're looking ahead to the World Series, I don't know that you should be just yet, but if you are, the World Series begins Tuesday, October 23rd, so uh, that's the schedule for the Major League Baseball postseason, and more specifically, the Red Sox-Astros ALCS, and I can't wait. I told you on the first podcast of the week that I'm actually taking Houston. Because I'm kind of sticking to my guns on the Houston pick. I'm sticking to my guns on this Houston team. I think they're a juggernaut. Obviously, the championship pedigree that they have, the experience. Um, you know, Verlander, Garrett Cole, to throw that out, they've allowed the least amount of runs in the majors. And I, I, I just think, I think there's still a lot of questions with this Red Sox pitching staff moving forward. I mean, I, I'm, I opened the show today questioning a decision in game two. So, we, we got questions there. Does Houston, do they have questions? How many, and if they do, how many do they have? Eh, I'm not sure they have that many. So, uh, I'm still taking the Astros to win. I'll, I'll be rooting against my own pick. But, you know, with my heart, I'll be rooting for the Red Sox. You want me to make picks with my head? I'm picking the Astros to win. I'm still picking the Astros to win it all. Back to back. That's what I'm doing with Houston. That's how good I think they are. So the Red Sox, they have their work cut off out for them. I, I think this is going to be a much tougher matchup than the Yankees. It's a longer series, obviously. And uh, they will certainly need David Price to step it up if he is going to make two starts in this series, which is what it is now basically set up to be. He's set up to make two starts in games two and game six. So uh, whatever happens 
in the first two games of this series. I will react to it on Monday, on Monday's podcast. And I'll also keep an eye on the Dodgers and the Brewers, and I'll react to that as well. But it's also a big weekend for the National Football League. It is week six. I'll give you my picks in just a moment, but let's go over what week six will bring. Two teams have a bye, the Detroit Lions and the New Orleans Saints. You'll get 15 total games, beginning with the Giants hosting Philly on Thursday Night Football. Uh, By the time you listen to this show, that game might be over. You might be listening to this show on Friday. I'm recording on Thursday morning, so I won't spend too much time on that. But the Giants hosting Philly, the Eagles a three-point favorite. At MetLife, both of those teams really, they both, this is a must-win game for both of those teams that are under 500. Uh, the, the whole NFC East, you know, nobody in that division is, is above 500. So, you know, the Giants and Philly at the bottom of the, the standings there, a must-win for both of these teams. It is at MetLife. Uh, the Eagles a three-point favorite. I, I don't think that's wrong. Um, I mean, I would take the Eagles. The Giants got stuff going on. Odell Beckham Jr. And I told you on the, the first podcast this week that I I don't actually hate on Odell Beckham Jr.'s comments or him questioning the quarterback because, I mean, you know, if Odell Beckham Jr. can throw touchdown passes, then Eli Manning should be doing it too, <laughs> okay? Uh, when Odell Beckham Jr. criticizes Eli Manning, I think he's right because I don't think he's just speaking for himself. I mean, it's time for somebody to speak up about it because I think Eli Manning sucks. And Eli Manning is now getting the benefit of the Manning family being the royal family of the NFL when it comes to criticism from from ESPN, Fox Sports, whoever it may be. He's not getting it. He should. And I think I think people, you know, he has Eli has a lot of fans in the New York area because of the two Super Bowls, and and I think people want to stay loyal to him, and they don't like when a guy comes out and runs his mouth like Odell Beckham Jr. But I think sometimes when this stuff happens, I think Giants fans got to be honest with themselves. I think the Giants organization they got to be honest with themselves. Is Odell Beckham Jr. right? <laughs> I mean, is he right? Is 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 the quarterback the problem? I think it is. But anyways, that's the Thursday night game. Giants hosting Philly. Uh, week six will end with Green Bay hosting San Francisco on Monday Night Football. The Pack is a nine and a half point favorite. Obviously, you know, San Fran does not have Jimmy Garoppolo, so they're not going to do anything this season. Green Bay should win that game at home on Monday night. And the Sunday Night Football game of the week is the New England Patriots, a three and a half point favorite. They host Patrick Mahomes and the undefeated Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are 5-0. The Chiefs are one of two undefeated teams in the NFL, along with the L.A. Rams, both of them 5-0. Just to give you an update on the Rams, they are in Denver Sunday at 4.05. The Broncos are seven-point dog in in Denver against the undefeated Rams. So the Chiefs and the Rams undefeated. The Chiefs are really maybe, what, the story of the— of the season so far because Patrick Mahomes has been awesome, but they come to Gillette. The Patriots, they have extra time to prepare for Mahomes. Bill Belichick has some extra time to prepare because the Patriots played in the Thursday night game against Indy last week. So that's not really a good thing for Patrick Mahomes. It's not. And you're on the road at Gillette. All eyes on you. Sunday night football. The Patriots have improved. You know, they got Chung and Flowers back on the defensive side. On the offensive side, they got Julian Edelman. That's going to open up some more things for Gronk and even Josh Gordon here down the stretch and even someone like Chris Hogan. So, uh, the Patriots are starting to find their way. Patriots are 3-2. and And, you know, I I just, I don't think the Chiefs are going to escape Gillette Stadium with a win on Sunday night. I don't. I just think there's too much going against them in this game. Do I think the Chiefs are going to fall apart this season? No, I don't think so. But I think this is a specific situation where Belichick has extra time to prepare for a young quarterback, which is usually not good for the young quarterback. And then the Patriots, you know, they get, you know, Tom Brady's got one of his favorite toys back. And then the defense is obviously improving. We we always see the Patriots defense improve as the season goes on. So, um, 
I think this is going to be, this is the toughest game for Kansas City to date. And, and I'm not so sure they're going to escape Foxborough with a win. But that's the Sunday night game of the week. Uh, there are no winless teams left in the league. Arizona won last week. So every team has at least one win in the league. And of course, we have a London game in week six. There's a game in London, Seattle. Takes on the Oakland Raiders at Wembley Stadium Sunday at 1 o'clock. Seattle is a three-point favorite in that one in London. So those games begin. And uh, when you look at the top stories, I mentioned Patriots Chiefs. I think that's the top story. I think that game is the top story. Another, I think one of the other top stories, if the Patriots weren't playing the Chiefs, I really do think the top story would be all eyes on the Atlanta Falcons, who are 1-4, and and they were on the ropes. Literally on the ropes. They're at home against Tampa Bay. You know, Tampa Bay got off to this hot start. Tampa Bay's coming off the bye. Jameis Winston is now their quarterback again. But this is a division game. The All eyes on the Falcons. I think if the Patriots weren't playing the Chiefs, the top storyline in Week 6 would be all eyes on Atlanta because they're better than this. At least they should be. One and four, the Falcons, to begin the season. Wow. And, and, and you know what? I, I don't know what to expect from Tampa Bay, but uh, this should be a high-scoring game. At least they're expecting it to be. Two of the worst defenses in the NFL. So uh, that's a look at Week 6 and some of the top storylines and things to watch for, which brings me now to my picks, as I give you every single Thursday. And I'll begin with my DraftKings. Gotta have them play for Sunday's slate, which does not include... The Sunday night game. It only usually includes the one o'clocks and the four o'clocks. So uh I'm getting a little little heat for this segment, though. People saying that this should be called the DraftKings gotta stay away play for Sunday. <laughs> Whatever player I give you that you just gotta have in your DraftKings lineup, it basically means that you should probably stay away from this player because I, in a way, have been a jinx for really every player that I've picked. May, other than one, I think Deshaun Watson one week, I picked him, he had close to 30 points. You know, it was an okay. That was probably my best pick. But to this point, like, I've been bad with it. Last week, I had Derek Carr, and the Raiders only scored 10 points. That was bad. The week before, I took Odell Beckham Jr. He was bad, right? And the week after I take Odell Beckham Jr., he comes back, and he throws a touchdown pass. I mean... In a way, this should be called the DraftKings gotta stay away play for Sunday. You gotta stay away from whoever I tell you is my gotta have him play. But I will still tell you, you're an adult, you make your own decisions. And so I give you this DraftKings player with with confidence. Like I, I have confidence in this guy that I'm gonna give you. And my DraftKings gotta have him play. You gotta have him for Sunday slate is Matt Ryan. I just talked about the Falcons. Matt Ryan, 6800 He's the most expensive quarterback in the Sunday 12-game slate. Again, this does not include Sunday Night Football Pats Chiefs. But Matt Ryan, 6800 bucks. This is actually the most expensive that Matt Ryan has been all season long. He only had 15 points last week as the Falcons got embarrassed by the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I told you, the Falcons are 1-4. They're returning home. It's a divisional game against Tampa Bay Sunday at 1. Falcons have lost three straight, but you got to look at their schedule. They've had a tough schedule. Eagles, Panthers, Saints, Bengals, Steelers. That's tough. That's a tough schedule. And and you know what? The Falcons got to be desperate. They're better than this. They know it. This is a desperate situation in their own building going up against... What, the worst defense in the NFL? And now Atlanta's defense is no good. These are actually the two worst defenses in the league. Atlanta allows 32 points a game, but Tampa Bay, they allow a league-high 35 points a game. This has the potential to be a shootout. I think the over-under is close to 60 in this one. And I get news for you. The Falcons aren't going to run the football, or at least the numbers show that they shouldn't. Tampa Bay, if we're going to talk about Tampa Bay's defense, Tampa Bay has the fourth best rush defense in the NFL, but they have the worst pass defense, allowing 358 pass yards per game. Tampa Bay's got the worst defense, 
Atlanta's got a bad defense. This should be a shootout. Both teams should be playing catch-up. Matt Ryan should be throwing the football. They're desperate. They're better than one and four. They've lost three straight. They're in their own building. Matt Ryan, 6800 bucks. He is my DraftKings. Gotta have him play. And when you sign up at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app, make sure you use promo code PIC, P-I-C, to play for free with your first deposit. Again, promo code PIC, P-I-C, to play for free at DraftKings.com, which brings me to the segment you've all been waiting for, Picks Picks for week number six. Hit the music, Picks Picks for week six. As part of the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge is presented by BetOnline. Sign up today at betonline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, BetOnline.ag. I am 14-11 and 11 on the season. We're just picking straight-up winners which in some cases is more difficult, in my opinion. I went 3-2 and two last week, so I've gone 3-2 and two now in consecutive weeks. I'm in 14th place out of 16 in the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge, which is not good. But I'm still within striking distance. I do need a perfect week, or a couple perfect weeks here moving forward. Luckily for me, it's only week six, so there's plenty of time. And uh, you can check out the standings yourself at Podcast One Sportsnet. You can also join in on the trash talk on social media by using hashtag SportsNetChallenge. So um, I told you last week, I'm not just picking for me. I'm also picking for charity because the winner of the Podcast One SportsNet Challenge gets a check for $5,000 to give to a charity of their choice, courtesy of Bet Online. So let's do it. Let's get to the picks. Pick number one for week six. I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. They're a 10.5-point favorite. I think the Vikings are going to beat the Arizona Cardinals. That's not really going out on a limb. The Arizona Cardinals are terrible. This game is Sunday at 1 in Minnesota. The Vikings are 2-2-1. Two, two and one. That's their record on the season. They're coming off a huge win over the Philadelphia Eagles. That game was in Philadelphia last Sunday. Now, it was a huge win for Minnesota for a couple reasons. One, because it's against the defending champion, but also because the Vikings hadn't won a game since week one against San Francisco. So it was only their second win of the season. People expecting the Vikings to do a lot of good things this year, and uh, they needed that. Well, they got that win. Now they return home, and they play one of the worst teams in the NFL. Arizona is coming off their first win of the season, but they beat a San Francisco team that's missing their quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. So what type of win is that actually? Arizona's brutal. The Vikings are a 10.5-point favorite. They are due for a blowout win in their own building. I think they're going to do to Arizona what they should have done to Buffalo earlier in the season. Give me Minnesota in this game. I could have taken Minnesota as my lock of the week, but they already blew it for me once as my lock of the week. And I have a feeling that a lot of people in the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge are going to be jumping on Minnesota as their lock. And so, while I'm taking Minnesota to win this game, and I hope I have a perfect week, I wouldn't hate it if they actually lost because if other people, and a good amount of people, which I think they will, if they have Minnesota as their lock of the week, then that's minus two points for those people in the Podcast One Sportsnet Challenge. And where I stand in the basement of this tournament, of this little contest, sometimes you got to root for things like that and go outside the box with your lock of the week. I'm not taking Minnesota as my lock, but I almost did. I'm just taking them to win as a regular win and the first win in Picks Picks in Week 6. Minnesota, they will beat Arizona Sunday at 1 at home. Then I'm going with the Houston Texans over the Buffalo Bills. The Texans are a 10-point favorite in this one. This game Sunday at 1 o'clock in Houston. Now Deshaun Watson is all banged up. And earlier on in the week, there was no spread because of this. But now we know the Texans are a 10-point favorite. I expect the Houston Texans, who are 2-3, and three, I expect them to win their third straight game by taking down the Bills, who are also 2-3. and three. I think Houston's underachieved. I really do. They've underachieved to this point because 
I have Houston doing big things with Deshaun Watson returning, with some defensive players returning for this team. But I mean, there's a reason why Houston's a 10-point favorite in this one, not just because Buffalo's bad. Hey, give Buffalo some credit. Buffalo's two wins are against good teams in Minnesota and Tennessee. But, uh, and, and Buffalo actually just beat Tennessee last week. I just think Houston is about to go on a little bit of a roll. And with this game being at home, coming off a couple wins, are they back? I don't know if they're back, but this is not the most difficult game for them as they try to get on a roll and win three straight. So I'm just taking Houston. They're the home team against the bad team, and I think they've underachieved. Give me the Texans Sunday at 1 over the Bills. Then I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers over the Cincinnati Bengals. This game is Sunday at 1 o'clock in Cincinnati. The Steelers are a two-and-a-half-point dog in this game. Last week, I took Cincinnati as my lock of the week over Miami. They made me sweat it out, but I got it right. I never thought I'd be taking Cincinnati as a lock of the week ever in my life in any picks in the NFL. But I did it. I got it right. And the Bengals are 4-1. Can you believe that? They're 4-1. And, you know, I didn't see this coming with Cincinnati. I also didn't see Pittsburgh beginning the season this bad. Now, Pittsburgh's coming off a big win over the Atlanta Falcons, 41-17. to So I could see if Pittsburgh went on a little bit of a roll right now. The Steelers are looking for their first two-game win streak of the season, and I think they're going to get it. I think they go into Cincy. You know the dogfights that these games are in the AFC North. It's a two-and-a-half-point spread, basically a pick em. Um... I, I wouldn't take the I wouldn't take the points. Take the Steelers to win this game straight up, because you know Pittsburgh. I told you Houston underachieved. I think Pittsburgh's underachieving a little bit. They're obviously missing their running back, but I, I just think you put up 41 points against Atlanta last week. I think they're feeling good about themselves. I think they're about to win two straight. I think they're about to go on a run. They go into Cincy. They bring the Bengals back down to earth. Steelers win this game over the rival Bengals. Give me Pittsburgh. Sunday at 1 in Cincinnati. Then I'm taking the New England Patriots over the Kansas City Chiefs. Sunday night football at Gillette Stadium. Game of the week. We'll be flipping back and forth between the Red Sox and the Patriots. Don't complain about that. If if you're a Patriots and Red Sox fan, embrace it. Embrace it. Okay? Embrace it. Or move to Miami. Because the Marlins and the Dolphins aren't playing at the same time this week. <laughs> this weekend, they're not. And I don't know when the next time those two teams will ever play at the same time. So don't complain about this. Embrace it. And when you do embrace it, embrace the fact that the Patriots and Bill Belichick specifically, they have extra time to prepare for Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes may be the story of the NFL season at this point. Kansas City, one of two undefeated teams in the NFL. The Chiefs are 5-0, along with the 5-0 LA Rams. But the Chiefs come to Gillette Stadium. The Patriots played in the Thursday night game last week. They put up big numbers against Indy. Tom Brady has one of his favorite toys back in the fold. Julian Edelman has returned. It opens things up for Gronk. It opens things up for Josh Gordon. It opens things up for even somebody like Chris Hogan and even the little dump-offs to Jimmy White in the backfield. The Patriots also have a defense that is improving by game by game because Patrick Chung is back, Trey Flowers is back, and again, did I mention Belichick has extra time to prepare for Patrick Mahomes? I do not think the Chiefs escaped Gillette Stadium with a win. Is it going to be close? It could be. I'm not telling you to take the three and a half. Maybe tease it. That half point might be the difference maker. But take the Patriots to win the game. They are going to beat the Chiefs. They're going to give the Chiefs their first loss of the season. Patriots on Sunday Night Football get the win. And it will be their fourth win of the year as they begin to make their mark once again in the AFC East and let everybody know that they're not going anywhere. The Patriots will still be the cream of the crop in the AFC when it's all said and done, but this could be a preview of the AFC Championship, which means it's a big one because that head-to-head tiebreaker to see who hosts that AFC Championship could be decided in this one Sunday night, but give me the Patriots to beat the Chiefs on NBC on Sunday night. Football in my lock of the week, the Atlanta Falcons. That's right, the Falcons. They were a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Sunday at 1 in Atlanta. Sunday at 1 in Atlanta. 
in Atlanta is big because both of these defenses are terrible. The two worst defenses in the NFL, Atlanta's defense, they allow 32 points a game, and Tampa Bay's defense, they allow 35 points a game. Tampa Bay's defense being the worst in the league. Now, Tampa Bay, they have a pretty good run defense. Tampa Bay's run defense is fourth in the league, but their pass defense is the worst. They allow 358 pass yards per game. Now, Atlanta's defense, I told you, they're no good either. So expect a shootout. I think the over-under is like 60 in this game. But Atlanta's 1-4. They've lost three straight. Are the Falcons that bad? I don't think they are. You talk about underachieving. And me taking teams that have underachieved this season, picking those teams this week, Atlanta might be the top on that list. They are better than 1-4. and four, And they will prove it Sunday at 1 in their own building. They're desperate. You know they're going to throw the football and Jameis Winston, on the other end, he's got to be a little rusty. He's returning for Tampa Bay. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers got off to a hot start. But I just think that Atlanta needs this one more than Tampa Bay does. They know it. They've been there. They have the experience, and it's in their own building. Oh, the Falcons are hungry, and they're too hungry to lose this game. They have too many weapons. They are not going to lose to the Buccaneers. I know it's a divisional game, and anything can happen in these games. If this one was in Tampa Bay, I might not make it my lock of the week, but I would still pick Atlanta to win. They're desperate. They're hungry. They're one and four, three straight losses. Write it down. You know, it doesn't matter. Atlanta is going to, there's no way Atlanta loses this game, which makes it my lock. There's no way they lose. Give me the Falcons over the Buccaneers Sunday at 1. And those are my picks for week number 6. Minnesota, Houston, Pittsburgh, the Patriots, and my lock of the week, the Atlanta Falcons picks picks for week 6 presented by BetOnline. Sign up today at betonline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag your online sportsbook experts, and also the exclusive partner of Podcast One Sportsnet, betonline.ag. So those are my picks for week six. That's the show. Have a great weekend, everybody. I will be back on Monday to break it all down, to talk postseason baseball, to go over week six in the NFL, to react to the Patriots-Chiefs game on Sunday night football, and anything else that happens in the world of sports. I know there's other stuff going on. The NHL has begun. Uh, the NBA season, you know, I think we're all, we all have our eyes on some of the top storylines there from the Celtics. Also over to the Western Conference, what LeBron looks like in a Lakers uniform, so on. There's a lot going on. And whenever it does happen, I'll break it down on this show. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, also on Podcast One, and on my website, dannypicard.com. Also subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash dannypicard, because I do post a video segment of me making picks picks every single week so you can actually watch me make my picks for the upcoming weekend in the NFL on my YouTube channel. So subscribe to that. Again, enjoy your weekend, everybody. I am out. Talk to you again on Monday.